Hey everybody, Vince back with the Metal Sucks Quarantine cast. Today, we have two people, I believe, for the first time on the Quarantine cast. We have Hugh Myrone, who uh, hopefully Metal Sucks oh, readers... Oh, Myrone now, actually. Well, excuse me, Myrone. Yeah. Is that illegal? It's cha- I'm, I'm changing it. <laughs> so, we have Myrone. Singular. It's like the edge. And we have Chris Adler. And the two of them are in the band Firstborn, which launched earlier this year. Uh, You might, of course, know Chris from his work in Lamb of God and Megadeth. And uh, they have this new outfit. We're here to talk about it. They've been putting out amazing stuff all year. Now, I know you guys, uh, you know, I know the origin story of of how this band started to come together. But, uh, you know, I'm going to let you guys tell most of it because I think it's it's a fun story. So uh, but I also have a small role in it, which which I think is fun for me. Um, But you so Myron, you got an email that Chris had bought your song on Bandcamp. You texted me and you said, is this real? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, straight up. you know, on Bandcamp, whenever someone buys your album, it always says, uh, you know, like so-and-so at so-and-so.com, buy your album. You know, and it said, you know, I'm not going to say Chris's email, but it was a, it was an email that looked like Chris Sadler might have bought my album. And, I mean, you know, we've been friends for a long time, Vince. And so I, like, immediately texted you. I was like, is this, I was like, is this actually him? And you were like, yeah, I think so. So I just I emailed him back, and and then Chris Chris emailed me right away, and we just started talking, and just kind of like, just kind of went went from that. Yeah, and I mean it was it was funny to get that text from you, and and it made sense because we know of course I forgot in the intro there Chris also played in Nitro, you know, so we we know that he's got that background of uh, kind of like eighties nineties shreddy stuff, which of course Myrone is your specialty. So Chris, how did you come upon Myrone's music? I think it was pretty early on, and I got to give a little credit to you as well. But early on, Metal Sucks uh, was, you know, kind of diving into the Myron world. And as a uh, first time caller, avid listener, uh, I had seen that, you know, come up here and there and checked it out. And it became one of these, it was uh, on my playlist for plane rides. Uh, every time Lamb of God was on the road, you know, I would just do my best to kind of pass out in our in my seat because that's how our manager rolled the whole thing. It was just like, <laughs> oh, you can sleep on the plane. Uh, so I had this playlist of basically my own and Cloud Kicker, and that was that was it. And that's helped me kind of phase everything out and end up going to bed or falling asleep. So I was familiar with stuff and it was stuff, I guess I was listening to maybe on Spotify or somewhere else. And then when I saw uh, Metal Sucks actually did a, uh, a post about, there was an album and my room can correct me here uh, a couple hours ago, a couple of days, weeks, years ago uh, that guitar magic had come out. Right. And so I think that's, that ends up being the uh, the email that Myron gets when I go to get that album and just kind of following up. And now doing a little more in my own knowledge of how Spotify pays people. Like, I, you know what, I want to, I, I like this guy. I don't know what the hell's going on here, but I, I want to 
get a little more resources into his pocket than whatever Spotify. So that's really how this whole thing started. And so, and then, so at that point, my, my, uh, Chris, did you write back to my, or like my did you respond? Were you like, Hey, uh, is this the real Chris Adler? <laughs> I, 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 I thought I played it pretty cool. I, I fell back <laughs> and I just said like, Hey, like, thanks for buying my album. Like, you know, like obviously like a fan or whatever, like, just like, thanks. And then he, he was, wanted to it. It, was, it was very cool. He was just like, um, thank you for buying the album. Just uh, checking in, like, is this, like, really you? <laughs> and then it kind of took off from there. And then we got on the phone, and it was really us, you know, kind of having this conversation where I've been kind of a longtime listener, and he's familiar, and okay, well, great. We're both just fans. Now, that didn't necessarily start us off into a, a process of making music together. But shortly after that was kind of my departure from Lamb, where it's like, well, listen, I'm, I'm not leaving this because I don't want to play music. And I'm not leaving this because I don't want to play the kind of music Lamb is playing. I'm leaving this just, it's just toxic everywhere, everything. And I've got to be a better father, husband, uh, person than than what this is dragging me into, and one of the things you know that happened in this conversations I was having with Myron, which I thought I, I still think back on, and at the time was I, I didn't really quite understand it as much as I do now, was like, hey, you, you, when I asked him, do you want to maybe get together and maybe throw some files around and see what happens? He's like, yeah, but it's got to be fun. And he's like, listen, I know, I know. And I, he didn't say it. He didn't say it, but I understood what he was saying. Uh, you know, what I what I do and what I'm known for is not particularly like, it's not a birthday party. It's not fun. Uh, it, it's very purposefully in this direction. But um, <clears throat> that doesn't mean, you know, if you're good at addition, uh, it doesn't mean you... <laughs> should stop there and just keep doing addition for the rest of your life. Maybe you should take algebra. Maybe you should take calculus. Like, let's move on from that point. And I know I'm, I'm known for that particular thing, but I was like, oh man, you know how long it's been since I've actually had fun like doing this? And I love that vibe about him, which I'm sure you guys have a, a longer friendship than, than any of us do. It was just great to think about that for a second. Like, oh wait, I can still same way I wanted to when I was 14 or 15 like make a band and have fun like that was off the radar at that point because success had breeded so much jadedness with everybody and the whole industry as I think we all know is, is just it's brutal but in that we're able to do it on our own we're just having fun and so it was, it was a really great connect that we had in that way and then we're trying to figure out because I'm sure Myron at that point at many points felt like and Garish and James was like even I remember James coming up to me and, and being like dude are you sure you want to do this like your your people don't understand what it is to like enjoy music they, they, the music is a tool 
not doing this for you know popularity contest like i i always wanted to have fun doing this and we did in lamb god for a very long time but it was you know it just got bogged down in, in everything else and what we're supposed to do and who we're supposed to be are and i i love this idea about stretching it out so that's yeah, so so, so um, at, at what point did Garish become involved and James, uh, you know, like how did those guys come into the fold? Uh, back on me. So <laughs> right around the time that uh, Myron and I started, you know, trading favors, if you will, I had a tour scheduled, which was I had just left Lamb and I got in, in touch or I was contacted by the people that run this band called Hale, right? Which is kind of this, you know, D minus celebrity metal tour across places that no one else in the world would ever want to go. <laughs> um, and I was like, you know, not because I really respect the name or whatever, but that actually sounds kind of fun because what they proposed was we're going across the Middle East. Okay. Like, that's interesting. That's new for me. But I would love, and much of what I loved about being in Lamb of God after the relationships had soured was the travel and seeing new places. Well, I, and... I remember I remember when we were, like, first talking, like, uh, there was, like, a point. Like, the, the thing that was really funny for me is when you were talking to me and, like, kind of one of the reasons why I thought, like, maybe I was being catfished was because, <laughs> like, in one of the early emails that – uh, you had sent me you were like oh yeah like I'm in like Bahrain today and we just like rode through the desert on like dune buggies or something and we were blasting your music and I was like is this really Chris Adler or am I like <laughs> <laughs> you know or someone about to ask me for my like social security number or something in my bank account <laughs> but it was right. he was there he, you, you were have there. a large inheritance James. <laughs> yeah. right so I'm over there, and fortunately enough, James Lomenzo is signed on to this Hail tour as well, as well as many other. I mean, one of my favorite people in the world, Phil Demmel, uh, is playing guitar. Uh, Steve uh, from Exodus is, is singing. It, it's a really fun killer band, and we are out there to you know to really have some fun. Um, and so that's how the James Lomenzo thing came about. James kept me. I was like, hey, you know, I got this. I'm talking to this guy and uh, he's like, please keep me in mind for stuff. Like, I really love playing with you. Like this would be really fun if we could put something together. Now, just after that, um, I got an opportunity to go and tour India as a solo musician doing a clinic tour across India. And a clinic tour in the U S is, um, <clears throat> for people that are totally unaware. You roll into a music shop, you're kind of a celebrity, there's tickets at the door or whatever, and you just kind of show off a couple tunes that you've written, explain like what you were thinking when you did it. Um, the more nerdy guys that do it, maybe have some handouts and, and walk you through some paradiddles and, and shit like that. But I was gonna go and do that in India. Now, because not a lot of people go to India, which I absolutely love going to. I think it was probably the seventh or eighth time that I've been there. And I, I love the people. I love the culture. I love the food. That, that is my shit. Um, when I went there, that becomes the clinic concept 
becomes far more of a concert, right? Like I'll explain some stuff and I'll talk about this and I'll say like, this is how we wrote this and we spent a lot of time working on this part or uh, here's how I kind of vibed into this part. And then the producer, you know, came in and said, you got to do this, you know, just basically storytelling and then some jamming with tracks alongside me actually playing. But it was full on mosh all the time. And while I was there, the promoter, who's a great friend, has become a great friend for hosting me there many times, uh, Sabash, said, hey, listen, what do you think about like putting together after the clinic at a local place, if not the same place? We just do a concert with like local Indian musicians that know some of the songs that you've played in the past. I'm like, well, shit, man, I'm here. Uh, let's yeah, that'd be great, you know, because it's basically already becoming a concert every time. Nobody really wants to end up hearing the stories. Nobody wants handouts. Nobody. Wants, it's just like, how are you on that stage and I'm not? And that's a clinic vibe. Like, what is the deal with you? Like, And if you can show us some of the great fun that you're having, let us take part of that. So that's what happened. And he put together, he reached out to, he's a well-known um, kind of booking agent and record guy in across India, which unfortunately doesn't have same as Australia doesn't have the ability to really break out of the country. But he reached out in, in that world, which I was familiar with to some extent, and found these guys from different bands. And I was like, "Would you like to play with Chris at the show?" Blah 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 blah. So as we traveled from city to city, plane to plane. Uh, we'd end up in these shows and it was the same band and I got to love these guys and they were incredibly talented. And, you know, it was, there was one show that actually stopped, uh, where, you know, they're the whole crowd screaming, you know, Chris Adler, Chris Adler. I was like, listen, guys, I stopped the show. I took the mic. Listen, guys, these guys have learned this music so well to be able to perform it to you. Let's stop the Chris Adler stuff. Like, this guy's name is Tony. This guy's name is Garish. Like, let's start celebrating, like, what's going on here uh, to spread it around. At the same time, I realized very quickly this, the guy that was singing for us at the time, was just, it, it was, we've, as you know, growing up in a band, a million opening bands. Right. And I was the guy that would go sit side stage and just see like what's going on. When I heard this guy singing and I didn't have to I didn't have to care. Like I in the end, I'm getting paid either way. The place is sold out. It it doesn't matter. And I don't mean to be a dick about that, but that, that's what it was. But I was still interested in these guys and I learned a lot about them and I spent time with them. And I was like, Holy shit, man, this guy is un unbelievable, man. So that's when I wrote back to uh, Myron. I was like, hey, listen, I know we got this thing going on. I think I found a singer that is probably not something we're going to easily find. And what is. You told me, you said, on. I struck gold, bro. I struck, I struck gold. And yeah. I was like, oh, really? And then you sent me like a video of him. And I was like, oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> you, you clearly struck gold. And yeah, this I agree. Like, I had the same thought when, um, I, I mean, I guess probably it was my own who you you sent me some stuff of his or i forget maybe it was maybe it was a demo that that you had all done together i was like wow this guy is fantastic 
I think I might I might have sent you uh, Girish's band, which, by the way, if you're listening, please check out Girish's band, Girish and the Chronicles, because they're they're like they're the best. Yes, like, yes. I, like, I mean, that was one of my favorite albums of last year on you know the official Metal Sucks uh, Best of 2020 list. That album, I think, uh, Rock the Highway, it was called. Uh, please, yeah, folks, anyone listening, check it out, Girish and the Chronicles. But uh, anyway, yeah, continue. So good. Um, well. You know, no, let's not continue because I think that's really important because what he's doing over there is unbelievable. And the band is very big over there. Uh, so, and part of my prospect going into this was like, I don't want to steal this guy from his band. He's in a band with his brother who he actually gets along with, which is great. Um, and I do not, I do not want to be uh, like a... You don't want to be the, the interrupter. You. There's no... And what, what's great about our process, and Myron actually reminded me about this earlier today, we don't have to listen to any label. We don't have to, there's no contract where it's like the singer can only do this, the guitar player, lead guitar player can only do this. We're in a very special place where we can do anything. And he's had, he's gotten beaten up a little bit about when his band goes to sign something, well, you can't, you know, you can't be in other bands. And that's that's a tough spot, and it's a shitty thing that record labels do. But you know we've kind of weathered those waters, and only thing that is going to come out of this uh, for him is his band doing actually better. And I hope they, and I know they do, because I talk to his brother often as well. well I'm not stealing Garish. Myron's not stealing Garish. I just recognize the talent. I didn't know if Myron was in a band. He was doing some. Uh, Chippendale shit in LA already that I couldn't <laughs> take him from. Uh, so oh, it, it wasn't like legendary. That's a legendary Broadway show. It is. No, I'm not dissing it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and, and so, I mean, come on. The guy, you know, I'm surprised he picks up my text. The guy's incredibly busy, incredibly talented. But there is this crazy little circle that just and really enjoys what we're able to do yeah well it's cool i mean i think i'm really curious to hear about the writing process because i think like musically if you were to look at any of the bands that all of you guys are have been associated with i think my own stuff is probably like the closest right you know and i guess garish's too to some extent uh you know so like so my own are you you know do you come in with uh, like riffs or I would argue that Garish is, is the closest. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, so, like, is he is he uh, one of the writers, or or like how how have you yeah. guys been writing? Um, well, we have like a we have like a group chat where we kind of just like talk about stuff, and we like you know we share music, and we we you know we're gonna just talk about like what's going on in the world. Um, but I mean, the way it's been working recently is like I'll like write some riffs. And I'll send them to Chris, and Chris will like pick the ones that he likes, and he'll put drums on them, and then we kind of build the song out of that. It it just, it happens very like it's kind of slightly different for each one, but it happens very organically. And we're kind of in this really unique situation where like like I always joke like every every good band has like one shitty guy. Um, <laughs> I feel very lucky that like I am the shitty guy because like everyone Stop. else is so good, and they. Uh, like when they send me the files for me to like, you know, put together the song or whatever, it's, I don't really like have to do that much. Like it's already, 
like it's so modest it's like everyone's everyone's like legendary already so it's like it's it's kind of just like more pressure on me like oh shit like don't make the guitar sound bad like this is uh one of the first times or first time in quite a while where you've been collaborating on on original music like you know usually it's just your show and and you do your thing well what's that been like well it's interesting that you say that this is the first time my own like something out of the my own project has been collaborative but like i i'd write and produce for like other people like a lot right that's right like um, you have your secret life as a, a millionaire hip-hop producer right there are a few <laughs> or a, the the amount of zeros uh after you know is slightly different but uh yes um <laughs> But as far as like for music for your set, you know, to be released that yeah. like with your name well, on it. It's, it's funny because I sort of like a couple years ago, I kind of like took like a look in the mirror and um, I was like, you know what? Like I do all these like pop sessions and I do all this stuff and I'm always trying to like jam like guitar like goofy like shred stuff into it. And all these people like don't want it. So why don't I just like, just like lean like fully into it and just become, just like try to be like a, like a guitarist and a sick band. Um, so I was kind of already just thinking about that. And then when like the Chris connect happened, I was just like, oh, okay, well here's the opportunity. Let's just go for it. So I, I kind of like wanted to do it for like a long time. Like just, you know, like be in that metal band that the, 13 year old version of myself would have liked you know so this is me doing that if that makes sense yeah yeah absolutely and um it's it's uh it's cool i mean it's been fun to watch your career the the trajectory you know you've gone from coming out of the synth wave scene and then uh you know into the the solo stuff of which there has been quite a lot and uh and now this it's been very very cool to see the development I think it's important to note that like when once uh, I contacted him and, you know, we started doing our, our first couple songs, same as uh, Garish, same as James, like, oh, this has to be, you know, heavy as shit. Like this, well, you know, Chris is the guy that's going to get on Metal Sucks and Blabbermouth and this is, it has to be this. And I was not in that mind frame at all. Um, I, I was because I was pissed about some things that kind of went on as, as far as we left. And if I had stayed in Lamb of God, you, you know, it would have been a decapitated record that came out next. I mean, I was pushing very forward in that direction and I love that music. I'm not taking anything away from where I was, but again, you know, going back to the, uh, school kid project like you're really good at addition let's just keep you doing addition for the rest of your life like no i like i i really like other things and even while i was in lamb of god people would say like okay especially i don't want to say people like yourself because you have better questions but most of the time i would be asked like oh what are you what's your favorite album of all time well, what and is your favorite album of all no just kidding <laughs> well, that's very funny uh, it's only funny to me now, really in a really retrospectful way, where I certainly could not have planned this out. I did not do this to to kind of 
put this together. But my favorite album of all time is Operation Mindcrime. And I would tell people that all day long in Lamb of God. That didn't mean that I wanted to replicate it or put to put together a band that could somehow do a half-assed job of doing something like that. But I was just saying like, hey, you know, I, I like different things at that time. So yeah, it's, cool. it's cool to get to be able to stretch out a bit. Absolutely. I mean, we all need to do that. Uh, you know, like for me as a writer, uh, I talk about this a lot, I think more openly than than most writers do is, you know, you guys know as well as anyone that it's just fucking Corey Taylor, System of a Down, Tool, Metallica, Ghost, right? Like those five bands or people right there, like, you know, and like I get bored of that shit. And then on the other side, it's like, you know, we're getting publicists pitching us. Today we're doing this interview. It's a Friday, which is when every band releases new music now. So, you know, I'm looking at right now 154 press releases I haven't even looked at just from today of, you know, some band that just wants to be covered and you know there's lots of good ones yeah some band called firstborn yeah some band called firstborn that has a new single today and (laughs) uh when that one came into my box i was like all right here we go i got to do metal metal mad libs again just like adjective noun you know it's like that but just different words for brutal so like i i totally get what you're saying chris uh you know having to find ways to keep it interesting and and move forward that has to go the same with you as well because at some point you don't want to become the fucking inside addition to heavy music. Like it's not, we aren't a, even trying to make heavy music. We're just really like my own kind of help teach me, like getting back to the fun that I wanted to have as a kid. And it's great that people are interested outside of the push of PR people. And, you know, we, you know, it, it is, and I remember when I was that kid, like trying to get that show at the local club and trying to, can I open for that band? Like, you know, it, it is an impossible journey. So I'm certainly very fortunate to be in the spot where we all have kind of a name that people will put their ear up to a little bit compared to everything else that's coming out. And, you know, I respect that ear, you know, because it's not... I know this because I'm still an avid in the way that I found Myron. I'm still an avid fan of music. I'm still going out there and listening to random stuff on Bandcamp and and whatever else. Like this is really my life. You really are. You like you will send me stuff with like no plays, and like (laughs) for everybody out there who's like, like, what's the point of releasing music? Uh, Like nobody's listening to it. I'll tell you why. Because like literally, people like Chris Adler will like might listen to it and like we'll just like email you like so like if you're out there and you are questioning your existence as like a one man uh you know there's so always so many memes about like being like a one man like progressive metal like guy or whatever like keep doing it like make the stuff that makes you happy keep doing it keep putting it out there and find the fun in it and like it'll happen you know Right. Maybe in a way that maybe you don't expect. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you don't end up killing somebody, right? Yeah. <laughs> like enjoy your passion, which is what I'm continuing to do. And you know, I'm older now. I got three kids, and you know, I'm I'm volunteering every day for a couple hours a day, and like this is my life now. But I 
absolutely continue to love music. And I'm not Gene Simmons being like, well, I've got billions of dollars in the bank. I'm not. We are. I'm not anything more or less than. And I, I say, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that are going to give me shit about that. But nothing, even though I have a Grammy on my wall, even though I played with all these bands, I am not in a privileged position. You know, I am glad that I've been able to make a living playing music. And that is almost impossible. I almost, I, I thought about it the other night because the Mega Millions lottery was coming up in, in um, Virginia or the East Coast or whatever the hell it is. And my girl was like, hey, you know, we've got to go get a ticket. And that just struck me like, you know what? That's the same odds. That's the same odds. Like, name 10 of the biggest bands in the world. You probably have trouble after you get to about six because that, those are the odds. Like, it's fucking impossible, man. And I was so lucky to get to where I am. And I'm not trying to cash in on that doing this. I'm trying to have fun. And I really love Byron's playing. I really love J-Lo's playing. And I can't imagine. I mean, we saw a comment in one of the uh, earlier YouTubes today where somebody was like, it's, this guy's like a modern Dio. Like, holy shit. And I'm like, well, if I can, if I have the ability based on the success that I've had, which you can call that for what you will. There are people paying attention. That doesn't necessarily mean financial security in any way. But if I can have that attention, let me bring that attention to people that really know what they're doing, that are going and going to move forward and have some fun. And that's what we're doing. So, I mean, there's a lot of hate, like, oh my God, you left Lamb of God for this? What the fuck is this? It's like, uh, fun. Like, I'm just living my life with a smile from because before it was like frown town all the time. Like what the hell is going on here? We don't know what the hell is going on. It's a, hopefully everybody beats the shit out of each other and we just get a check. So, you know, it's, it's just time for me as a, an adult to kind of move on. Yeah, well, the the response has been pretty good, I think, for for the most part. I mean, uh, like, I don't read the comments even on my own website. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure, like you said, there are those people out there saying, like, oh, you know, you left Lamb of God for this. But, you know, for, for both of you, um, I mean, I feel like it's picking up, you know, I, I just today with the single uh, in my RSS feed that I use to just track all the different news sites, what they're posting, it seems like pretty much every major metal site picked up the single and, uh, you know, I feel like maybe six months ago, eight, ten months ago, that wasn't necessarily happening. So, like, it seems like things are building. Yeah, it feels good. Is, are, are there plans to take this outfit on the road, of course, once again, uh, when that's possible? I mean, I got a ram a vaccine into my vein first, but, uh, I mean, I want to. Yeah, you and 300 um, million people. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, is that something that that's going to work for you? Beyond work for me. I cannot wait. Uh, to go out and play these shows to people that want to have a good time and, and jam with us. That, that would be absolutely amazing. Um, in that same way that I would get out of a Lamb of God concert and, you know, come backstage, you know, there were, honestly, to be honest, there were very few times that I came backstage feeling like, oh, man, 
I should have played. I, I could have played that song better. I, I miss this bit. I miss this bit. And there's always going to be that. There's always going to be that internal fight with the musician going out there, or any, any performer on any level. I want to go out and have fun with these guys. And I, I love what, again, I bring it up the third time. I love what Myron taught me about this is like, we can just have fun. And that diluted in many ways, I think everybody else's impression that this has to be the next decapitated Pantera, whatever it was supposed to be. And I had no direction for it. I just knew I love these guys and there was no, like, we need to sound like this. And that's why, you know, initially James came to me. He's like, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure about this? I, I think you might catch some shit about this. And I was like, well, I, I don't, you know, maybe I have <laughs> shit to catch. I don't care. Like I'm having fun. This is great. Is it my very favorite thing in the world? Was Lamb of God my very favorite thing in the world? No, I'm, I'm, I'm cooking with a lot of spices. I Like a, the addition thing we talked about earlier, I know how to do this. And I love what we're doing. I absolutely love what we're doing. And what separates it from everything in the past is the relationships that we have together, which is a very, very positive thing. And we're all looking forward to the future. Not in a like hungry young band. We're all established in a way. So we're not going through that like, Oh, who's in charge kind of thing. It is just a very positive vibe all the time. And if somebody has something to say, it's very well respected. Myron can tell you this, I've beaten him up a couple of times about guitar stuff. Like, so we're just kind of forging on with the idea of like, we're collaborating with people that know what the fuck they're doing. So how that exists outside the bubble, I have no predictions on that, but I would assume in the same way that when Lamb of God came about, that kind of music was needed and became very contagious at that time. And we built on that very much, uh, whether it be political distance, uh, whatever, just angry youth, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm still in my heart that angry youth kid and I wanna play double bass, so I'm not gonna take a bass drum away, <laughs> but, we're forging on in a way where it's, you know, it, it is heavy, but it, it's thoughtful and it's fun. And I love that. I, I actually love it. Well, I think, I think that that's the press line right there, right? Like it's heavy, but it's thoughtful and it's fun. I mean, uh, that, that's a good quote. I, that's how I've always felt about my Rowan's music. And uh, now it's cool to have these other collaborators in the fold too. It is, man. I can't say enough about Garish. Um, you know, that was a, a real fortunate uh, situation that I came into in India. And I mean, this, I, not to say that I want a different guitar player, but <laughs> this, this, guy, this guy is set to set the world on fire in one way or another. Like, And being from India, that's very difficult to do. I'm glad he has a chance via this particular avenue. He's already doing well in his own, you know, scenario, but... I, I, I love this guy. He loves me. We're all actually friends, which is very strange. And you, you were talking earlier about System of a Down or, you know, go back to whatever. Metallica, Megadeth, it's like great bands. They're not, it ends up Slayer, it ends up being 
a very separate like we do what we do show up when you're supposed to show up and that's that's kind of where atlanta got ended up with and i was like of course you know you guys were like teenagers basically you know kids when when you started playing together and of course people are gonna grow apart after that but you know now you you you're all meeting as adults uh, you know fully formed adults with tastes and skills and wants and needs and and you're all on the same page i don't know if my girlfriend would agree with you on the fully formed thing but we'll get there we'll get <laughs> well yeah. but no, the, none of us ever truly that, grow up <laughs> the one thing that i think is the the real secret to success is that everybody in the band is a fan of the 2010 rat album infestation yes <laughs> that is absolutely true and so yes. when i brought that up Myra, because I, when I was on tour, when, one of the last te- when did, Chris texted me, he was like, "Have you ever?" He was like, "Yo, have you ever heard this album?" I was like, "Yes." Like that album is just banger. banger. Like, Every single song, incredible. I I knew right then and there. I was like, "This is gonna work." <laughs> the jam is uh, "Eat 'Em Up Alive," right? Eat oh, yeah. alive, whatever. Right. That was a shit that while I was on tour uh, with um, Lamb of God. Slayer, Gary Holt, who I'm good friends with, he'd be like, listen, nobody in Slayer wants to do the fucking sound check. And uh, we got all these VIP people that want to come hear a sound check. And I just told Myron the story the other day. He's like, will you come out there and just fucking play some drums or whatever? And I'm like, of course. Yeah, no problem. <clears throat> I'm not doing shit. Um, but I said, uh, let's do something cohesive to some extent like let's you know give him a show of some kind he's like okay well what do you want to do and i don't know if you guys know gary but gary is one of the funnest seriously one of the funnest guys that i've ever met in my life like everything is just well how do we turn that into fun and i don't mean drugs or alcohol i mean just generally positive awesome guy and i said well how about you and I sit down and uh, backstage here where we had little practice kits and little practice amps. How about we just learn like some rat tunes? He's like, Oh, I fucking love them, bro. So right away, that's all we did. We just learned a bunch of rat tunes. And so these VIP people come in to see Slayer. Soundcheck, <laughs> and just troll the hell me, out of them. I love it. Me and Gary out there playing, you know, you're in love. It was awesome. That's the great part about work with my own is having these conversations where I'm like, dude, you know this, you know this, you know this. And there are some obscure things that he sends me. There's some obscure things that I sent him. But in general, I think we really do connect very well around Brett. And we, we have a few key like, overlaps further, in our tastes. Going even further than that, uh, we've actually been uh, often in touch with Warren who loves what we're doing. Oh man. Interesting. That, that must in, be like uh, my own. You must've like been freaking out when you learned that. Oh yeah. Insane. Like literally insane. That's, that's cool. I do want to uh, just throw that the secret sauce on that album. I think Carlos Cavazzo, very uh, important uh, X factor oh, yeah. on that one there. And of course oh, the yeah. producer um, Elvis Basquette, 
Um, but I mean, do, I could talk about Rat for days and days. Uh, what's what's next for you guys? Or you put the EP out in uh, June, I believe it was, and just mm-hmm. dropped a single today. There was the Journey cover uh, at some point over the summer or fall. So, like, are you guys working on an album, or or you know, what's in in the in the future for you? I mean, there's there's just tons of music that we're making, and like some of it's done, some of it's in process. Like, there, we're you, you know, this pandemic is sort of like a kind of crazy situation because like no one knows what's going on. <laughs> like there are like no one, there's no like rule book for this. So it's kind of tough to plan. So we're just kind of cranking out as much stuff as possible. And there's, there's a lot of stuff on deck. Um, I don't want to say too much, but like ex- just expect more. There's more in the works. Like the fact that like, we, Oh, and I, I get like this, I guess, this bears repeating that you know i haven't met anybody in the band in real life yet we've done all of this just separately so and we're kind of cranking it out if i do say so myself so you know eventually there's going to point where we're going to all get in the same room and i feel like there'll just be like a million more songs after that happens oh, so. it's going to feel so good like feel like feeling uh you know the the pulse of a drum set on your body and, and for you know yeah. Chris yes. for you feeling an amp roaring it it might be interesting um, and I I say that because I've seen so many bands uh, whether it be on your site or just whatever their thing is being like yeah you know we can't really do anything without you know being in the room right yeah, okay. Metallica saying that a lot right. of that and, oh yeah I, I can't you know I'm not going to I Man, speak put me little... on a group chat with those guys. I'll have them making an album. I, 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 you, you guys should just ghostwrite I... the new Metallica album. Like, forget that. <laughs> just fucking turn in a whole album. Like, here you go, guys. I'm not going to give him shit. Like, I speak to him. I really respect him. He helped me out in it. Well, not only me. He helped our band out in a very, very dark time uh, and came through with it. So, I And I love that guy. And, of course, it's you know, easy to pick on kind of the, the king. Um, but it's it's a strange situation to have bands saying like, oh, we can't really do anything because we can't be in the same room. Because just as a weird sidebar, I practiced drums for a very long time, very purposefully, not with a teacher telling me to do it, but just almost a some sort of mystical Mr. Miyagi telling me like, what the fuck is up? I would go into my rehearsal space, which was at the time just a uh, a room at a local U-Haul storage with my drums on them, which had, you know, the skins on the drums had more duct tape than they had drum skins. And there were no lights, nothing. And I would learn that muscle memory from playing in the absolute dark. And this reminds me of that. Like, listen, I don't need, I don't need to see you. I don't need you there. You're sending me this stuff like that is just bountiful. Like it's, it's, I might have ideas and I'm going to send it right back. Like, what are my ideas with it? But it's just, you might as well be in the room because I cannot see your face at the time is totally irrelevant. And I would beg the guys from Lamb of God to come in to practice. Like, listen, guys, like, even if we're getting ready for a tour early on, of course, we'd. 10 hours a day, like just nailing it down to make sure it was perfect. In the end, like no one would ever care to show up. 
that's fine. Whatever. We all know our parts. It's, it's going to be fine. But I would still go, and there was no one there. So I'm very used to this concept of, I don't need you in the room. I just need to hear what you've got going on. And it, almost like I was blind. Like, just put it that way. So for these bands that are continue to say, like, oh, we can't seem to figure it out. It's like, well, really? Just send the file and then get a file back. Like, it's not that hard. It's actually much easier than being creative on the spot, face-to-face, -face, where I expect something from you, you expect something from me right at that time. It's actually a very nice prospect of saying, like, here is something I thought would be cool. What do you think? Well, I think I could do this with it, but I think it would be cool if you did this with it. And it's now... A day Which and is half literally later. literally <laughs> what happened on the new single. As I, I sent you those riffs, and the thing that like when I make the riffs, like I imagine like oh like what's Chris gonna sound like playing with this, and like I'll imagine that in my head as I record it. And then when you sent it to me, it was like the drums were completely different than what I was expecting. You did some crazy like metric modulation, like insane like drummer thing. And you sent it back to me, and I was like, I like would have never expected this in a million years. And I know that like if I was in the room, you know, the control freak of me would be like, oh, uh, you know, I, I was I was kind of thinking like maybe you should do the drums, you know, like so, you know, being separate has like there are advantages to it where like I can kind of allow Chris to like have his creative space where he can really focus and just like do something where I like won't expect it and then he'll send it back and then sometimes he'll send me stuff and I'm like and then like I'll listen to it 10 times and I'm like this is next level and amazing and I like can't believe I have this no it's not all the time sometimes <laughs> I send him some butt ass shit <laughs> well I've but, sent you some bad riffs too, idea, so it's all good so the idea of the typical practice space which is what I was talking about earlier where you're all in there, let's say you you know, you know haven't had your coffee, maybe you're hungover, whatever your deal is at the time, but now the band is all there, all five of us staring at each other. It's like, okay, you, creative, on the spot, what do you got? In the way that I've adopted this new mold of doing things, that's actually far worse than what's going on here, because when Myron feels invigorated about doing something, when I get the vibe of like i think i could do something with that i don't have to be oh band practice today is for three hours guys everybody show up on time make sure you bring your amps no we'll just do this in a really kind of if it makes you feel good like what would you do with that and it starts to move forward in a way that those processes where i would have argued to the day i died a couple of years ago that we have to be in a room to make Lamaga. We have to be in the room to do it. And I think that's true because a lot of times in that particular band, one guy would go write the entire song, come back and just try to tell everybody what to play and did not want to hear about what you thought might be different about it. In this, it is a very hodgepodge kind of thing where it's like, I got this, I hear it that way, but I'm thinking this way and then it molds into like this third product that molds into a fifth product. When James gets involved, Garish gets involved, it, it, and it becomes almost like a 
producer's dream where just get these guys out of the room and stop arguing like here's the better song and we're all so adept at making songs we have that advantage totally uh well guys thank you so much this is this has really been enlightening into the creative process in particular and and the mental processes as well and you know i certainly hope that anyone listening to this either a fan of chris's before or a fan of my own's before will be inspired to check out firstborn and uh you know if you're plugging away on your band out there like my own said chris adler might be listening to it so he, he literally give might up. email you <laughs> he might email you and you might end up in a band or you know whoever whoever not just chris could be anybody um harp or keyboard i might reach out thank you so much guys for joining and uh we'll we'll talk soon thank you man 